Hello everyone and welcome back to Cricket Ultras. This is Arun Sudharman. It's been a while since our last show. There's been a lot going on. Well, not in the cricket world, but there's been a lot going on elsewhere. There may be more going on in the cricket world. We do have a test match to look forward to at long last, the first test match since the global lockdown. Joined by Darren Burns in Singapore. He's a tough one to master. Darren, how are you? I've never, no, no one's ever said that about me before. I'm quite compliant. No, that's true. Usually. That's true. And brandishing a bread knife in Hong Kong. Toby Doman. Toby, welcome. Fine. I like my bread sliced just like my cricketers. Uh, does that work? No. Sliced like your cricketers. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Maybe I'll row back on that one. Sorry about that, everyone. It's been a while. We're, we're a little a rusty. rusty yeah. We're a little, a little out of touch. That was one of the more amusing anecdotes anyway. The story of Eunice Khan's response to Grant Flower, Darren. This was, um, I think, on a podcast. Grant Flower. Yeah, I think on a podcast, Grant Flower, of course, the former Zimbabwean international who was also batting coach of, of Pakistan for quite a few years. Apparently, he was offering, offering batting tips to Eunice Khan over breakfast who grabbed the butter knife and put it to his throat. Mm. which is quite interesting. Uh, it happened in Brisbane, of course, and I think Brisbane does that does bring that out of people. Um, so that might have been something to do with it. But um, yeah, which bit, ma- the batting tips or the butter knife? <laughs> the, both. I think it's probably the batting, it's probably the batting knife. Uh, sorry, the, the butter knife, but also the batting tips. As you know, you know the gab is not always easiest for touring batsmen to bat on. Um, yeah, a good headline. I'm not sure there was much to it. Eunice Khan has although, hasn't although spoken Jeffrey about Boycott. It has once said that he could bat on the Gabba with a butter knife. I'm sure he, he said that once. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a, I mean, it, nothing surprises us anymore, I suppose about Pakistan cricket. I, I mean, I live for stories like this. This is just up there in the, in, in the list of, of wonderful anecdotes. Yeah. Um, Eunice Khan hasn't responded yet, apparently. Although Grant Flower has apparently apologised, but it, it was a kind of empty apology. So let's see what Eunice says. I'm sorry if you were offended by my batting tips. <laughs> Something like that. Probably. <laughs> sorry to everyone that misconstrued my batting tips. I, li- I just liked his quotes. Eunice Khan, quite tough to master. Yeah, spoken like a true colonial. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, okay, so anyway, uh, Toby... We understand that you are in, indeed the, the resident cricketing expert <laughs> for this episode because uh, certainly I can vouch from my own perspective, I appear to have forgotten everything about cricket uh, during this lockdown. Um, I don't know about you, Darren. Have you been following the game closely? Not, as, not so much, but I did look through the previews and I, I think I do know a little bit about the squad. Um, so you were a bit rusty. And I think I was listening to a podcast and someone talked about Jason Roy. And he said the biggest thing about being in lockdown for so long is you're actually not sure when you come out of it if you can still play or not because you haven't played for three, four, five months. You haven't had a net. You've not been out in the middle. So you sort of wonder to yourself, can I bring back the same form that I had pre-COVID? So I think we'll see that this week when the test starts. Do you think that applies to podcasters too? I think it totally does. Um, I think, yeah, we're a bit rusty. I remember when I hadn't played cricket for a while, I found the, you know, I was an all-rounder, a very mediocre, mediocre all-rounder, but I found that batting was more difficult after a long break, whereas bowling, you could pick it up pretty quickly. Uh, so let's see what happens. It could be a low-scoring game if, the, if there's a bit of spice in that wicket. Is there a spice in the wicket, Tobes? 
So let's talk. Let's talk this through. It's what, what is it? Sorry, Aegeus Bowl tomorrow. Is that correct? Yeah, game kicks off tomorrow. Just just on your point about forgetting how to play or podcast. You know, it reminds me of when I was a kid at school. You know, you have a very long summer holiday and you come back and you forget how to write by hand. It's a bit like that. You know, you sort of take about five to ten days to get back into the swing of it. I, um, ne- I never had that problem. Did you? <laughs> did you dictate all of your prose? <laughs> <did> you? <laughs> no. Nope. That's weird, man. Okay. Yeah. Could never, could, well, you, you spent six weeks without writing. I struggled. So now that you're typing all the time, have you completely lost the ability to write? <laughs> I have. My handwriting now is atrocious. Yeah. No, I have. It actually hurts my hands to write. Um, anyway, we digress. See you we'll bowl. see. Yeah, the Rose Bowl um, in Southampton. Um, what are we now? Early July, so it's kind of approaching midsummer in the UK. Um, to your question, Darren, spice on the pitch, not traditionally, um, but it's been a while. Things have changed considerably in the world of cricket, let's see. Uh, this is the first uh, of, I think it's three test matches, and it's catchily titled the hashtag Raise the Bat Test Series. So there's no sort of headline sponsor this year. This is uh, an ECB. Uh, tri- tribute to key NHS workers and NHS workers will have their names on the players' shirts or probably English shirts anyway because of course there'll be no one there apart from some sound piped in from previous matches so it'll be a bit weird um, but it will be a world first I guess it will be a, a first class test match played in front of nobody um, and should we go through the teams? Yeah let's, let's, let's talk England first shall we? Alright England team then so the England team is relatively settled after a successful South Africa tour they have this really weird um, Team Stokes versus Team Butler warm up match at, at the Rose Bowl which was streamed on the ECB website with no sound it was really weird um, and, with, and just with one camera from behind the ball's arm <clears throat> it was really odd yeah but anyway I think the, the the point that you made at the, at the top of the show, Darren, is that you know people haven't played for such a long time, and actually selectors haven't had to select for a long time either. So no one's had a chance to really make a case for leapfrogging anyone into the into the side. So the big the big news, I guess, from England's perspective is that Joe Root is out. He is awaiting the arrival of his second child, and so the top of the order looks like Rory Burns and Don Sibley. Uh, with Zach Crawley, Ollie Pope and Joe Denley seems to have cemented this place. And then captain uh, Ben Stokes, usually vice-captain, but captain for the first time. I think it's the 801st England captain uh, in tests. Uh, Joss Butler is a man in command of the keeping uh, with Don Bess, Joffre Archer, playing against some of his Barbadian colleagues from way back when. Stuart Broad and James Anderson will be the new ball pair. Um, Some interesting omissions from that, I think, um, during that, Butler Stokes silent match off at the at the Rose Bowl. Uh, Moeen Ali was back in uh, in action. He's been left out, including not involved in the reserves either. And Johnny Bairstow has also not made the cut for the entire series, which is interesting. Ed Smith, the um, chief selector, was basically saying that Joss Butler has been in control of the gloves, and that will remain the case. There's some big names not making it. Hmm. I think I I don't know why Moeen Ali is being considered again as a Test player. I thought he was jettisoned. Um, previously, but they seem to be bringing his name back as a white ball player. You know, fine, but I don't know why. He, why, why would they? Pick, where would they put him into, into a team anyway? I always find it fascinating that he's still being discussed. Yeah, I think that the spin department is pretty light. I mean, if you think you've got Jack Leach is now basically the senior spinner, um, Don Bess. They've all got very low numbers of tests. I mean, Moeen is obviously when he's got his 
game face on is a quality batsman as well. I think the reasons why he was uh, left out were mainly mental and I think he was just drained and so a lot a lot of these players have had lots of enforced time off so I wonder if it's going to be the tonic they need really yeah what um, what do you make of Ben Stokes as captain uh, Toby there's a lot of talk that we'll see a freer more expressive England is he a threat to Joe Root I think interestingly no I think no I don't I don't think he for me is a long-term option at captain. I think it's a classic, classic case of he's got to be one of, if not the best player in the team. You don't want to saddle him with additional uh, responsibilities. You want him to play his game, which is aggressive, free-flowing, attacking cricket, either with the ball or with the bat. Um, Root's captaincy has improved over the South Africa tour. I think his ta- tactical awareness seems to have come on. Um, I think if if he falters for whatever reason, there's talk of Rory Burns actually being leadership material if he can properly cement his place at the top of the order which he has I think to date he has a successful summer I think he could well be um, in and around that sort of discussion around leadership and I've completely forgotten how um, all of England's young pretenders were faring uh, as we entered the lockdown so you've got Zach Crawley, Ollie Pope, Joe Denley are they all fairly well ensconced now are any of them under threat still um i think the, the big sword of damocles for any of these top order batsmen is going to be the return of root so I, any of those players have to outperform uh, each other to get a chance of staying in that top four or five denny's an interesting one i think i saw him 18 months ago and uh, he had a pretty shaky ashes, to be honest, and looked like the Aussies had found him out. Um, he seemed to recover some form and some some composure in the winter um, and seems to have come back into favour. But I'm afraid I'm not convinced technique-wise he's got what it takes to really bat up against the, the finest bowlers in the world. I think it's fascinating. They've picked a 13-man squad um, and they've got two extra bowlers, right? So who are they going to sit out, Tobes? Um well, they, they, they're obviously Bess is the spin option, and Archer, uh, Broad, and Anderson, and then obviously Stokes comes in as a v- pretty handy all rounder. So they feel they've got good balance. But in terms of the uh, the backup, um, they did have a number of players. Like I mean, Craig Overton has been around the squad for a while. I'd say he's more of a county yeoman type. If that's but I'm not being too unfair. Um, <laughs> sorry, Craig. <laughs> Uh, Ollie Stone is very exciting uh, prospect from Warwickshire who is genuinely quick and I think the the selectors have got an eye on the Ashes as they do all the time now because it's obviously a relatively tight cycle um, and Sto- they really want to take some genuine quicks into the next Ashes and Ollie Stone is, is genuinely quick he also has a genuinely fragile body rather like Mark Wood who is also um, around the squad as well so th- there's a couple of really good quicks Saqib Mahmood from Lancashire is also more of a white ball specialist but I think they're giving him a go in this format too and and just a word for Ben Folks who was the man of the moment in Sri Lanka um, England's uh, test uh, series victory there was excellent with the bat and impeccable with the gloves so England have got strength and depth for the gloves even if you consider Bairstow's not even in the squad so, so just back, back to the team you think they'll sit out Chris Wokes and Mark Wood who are in the squad uh, I'd like to see Wood play along with Archer I think this isn't this isn't going to happen very often because of injuries and because of the types of wickets so I would love to see that happen and Wokes sadly would have to make way however Wokes has got a superb record uh, with the Duke's ball in England so it's difficult to overlook him 
Yeah, so you can really only go, go on with four bowlers and Ben Stokes, right? So they've got a, a lot of a lot of um, things to mull over in the next couple of well tomorrow, right? Do you yeah. start Anderson or do you set up Broad if you're going to bring in? Oh, that's a good quotes, question, right? Stuart Broad, it's always the question mark these days. Um, and Jimmy Anderson hasn't played a lot of test test match cricket, has he? In in recent well, no, he was injured, times. wasn't he? Fairly recently, and so I guess this is his comeback goodbye tour um so if i was a selector i'm thinking who am i opening pair for the ashes it's not likely going to be anderson and broad so maybe now's the time to start breaking up that lovely duo and meanwhile um the west indies quite a lot has been made of their pace bowling resources um so they've got kimar roach uh, shannon gabriel alzari joseph uh who are both all three of them are, are, are quick We've also got Jason Holder, of course, who's not as quick, but also a very good bowler. And then they've got two more now, Chimar Holder, and uh, who's from Barbados and is is a, apparently a very good prospect. And O'Shane Thomas, who's been around for a bit uh, from Jamaica. And there is, you know, a little bit of a few suggestions that this may, may rival the, the great West Indian uh, pace bowling attacks of the 70s and 80s. I'm, I'm not sure that's the case, but... Do either of you think that this this attack is going to put the this fairly inexperienced English batting lineup on the back foot at the Rose Bowl at least? Well, I think obviously Kimar Roach is a very experienced bowler. Uh, he's come along and leap, leaps and bounds, hasn't he? So let's see how he does on this tour. But he's going to be the linchpin of that bowling attack. But the rest of them are all quite inexperienced, right? Apart from Jason Holder, you've got Alzari Joseph, who's a lot. There's a lot of talk about him, but he seems to run hot and cold. You know, Kimar Holder looks good, but obviously not proven. Got the big fella Raheem Cornwall, the big six foot six foot six guy, massive man. He turned the ball a long way on that last tour in the Caribbean, right? So you've got him, but it looks a bit, you know, you'd hope that they can put together a, a decent, a decent, you know, a decent effort here. You know, the worry is that this could be a three 0 whitewash for England. Let's just hope that we see a bit of competitive cricket. It's you know, it's it's a, it's a long way to say that they could go anywhere to winning a Test match, but you never know. But let's hope we can live in hope, can't we? I'm a bit more positive, really. I think uh, yeah. you know they've been talking That's because you're English. <laughs> usually, usually <laughs> half 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 the glass is almost empty, not even half full. But I think I think I mean I want West Indies are some of my favourite teams to watch, and obviously down the years they've got history and great characters. I think they're really striving for that now, and it just feels like the start of maybe the nucleus of an interesting Test side emerging. Um, the captain's been uh, uh, Jason Holder's been captain since the age of 26, which is quite young for for a captaincy to be given to him. And he's got these you know players like Roach who have been in and around the squad for a long time. They've they've beaten England in, in the West Indies before. Mm, they blew them away. Um, so obviously it's different, but I do worry about the batting. The batting does look a little bit flimsy. They've had problems with. You've got Roston Chase who's been doing well. Shy Hope. I mean, obviously uh, Bravo and Hetmyer have decided not to tour because of COVID. That's a big hole for them in the batting. And you're Craig, the openers, Craig Braithwaite, Craig John they, they average early 30s, right? That's what they average. Yeah, so it doesn't inspire. They're all confidence. out of form. Yeah, apparently they're all they're hopelessly out of form. Jason Holder is hasn't had a, a score in a while as well, and they do rely on him for his batting too. I do think, just coming back to their bowling, that um, you know on English pitches they're going to have to figure out their lengths very quickly, aren't they? Uh, banging it in short, they're probably not going to get a lot of reward. Well, I think they've been they've that. been on the ground for more than a month now, right? So you'd hope they'd be doing practice, getting out on the wickets, having a bowl, having some good coaching, right? In, in what areas to get the ball in? So 
Yeah, hopefully they can... Sorry, is that the Cricket Ultra's baby we hear in the background? We've forgotten all about this. We've forgotten. We have to congratulate you on the first Cricket Ultra's baby. Born in lockdown. Born in lockdown. Twelfth man, all lady. Yeah, I delivered it at home. He seems to be okay. And uh, what are we? What are you thinking? Opening batsman? Uh, he's or, actually a fast uh, bowler. He's actually quite tall. He's got long legs. <laughs> okay, but that's a lot of work, right, though. Isn't it? I mean, yeah, batsmen get get everything. Maybe he can be an all rounder. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Cool. So, right, should we do some predictions? Oh, wait. Before that, should we talk about the the all the regulations and how it's different? We obviously we know there's no spectators. Right. But then we've got bubbles, we've got subs, we've got rules around saliva. What, what exactly is going on? Tobes looks very... Well, no... Gazing off in the distance there. So definitely no well, saliva. <laughs> yeah, no spit. I thought I was reading an interview with Kamar Roach, who was um, just to your point about um, line length earlier, Maroon just saying he understands the benefit of bowling slightly slower in England to really get that get that line and length in. So he, he seems to be quite focused. He was also focused on how you get the best out of the ball. He likes bowling with the Dukes ball. West Indies have obviously reverted to the Dukes ball now, I think, in domestic cricket um, over the last couple of seasons. And he says, you know, this ball does more for longer. Obviously, with the lack of saliva, he rather cryptic. He said, we'll find other ways, which sounds great. But yeah, <laughs> who knows? Just a bit of sweat, probably. Yeah. By the way. So sweat is allowed, is that right? Yeah, I think he, he intimated that sweat, but you're not allowed to put your, your fingers in your mouth, basically. Yeah. And what about, is sun, sun, suntan lotion not allowed, is it? Sorry. <laughs> zinc, that's not allowed, is uh, it? Zinc cream, no. Um, no. Sweeties mm. are, are out. Yeah. Sawdust. Sandpaper, sorry. Couldn't resist. <laughs> Can bring that back. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting because both the grounds where they're playing the test have, have a hotel attached, don't they? So the teams will. Well, this this is one of the big subplots, I think. So the, the, the so so the teams will stay on separate floors. Apparently, they'll eat in different areas, right? They won't intermix. There's a maximum of 300 people that can come into the bubble. Um, those inc- including commentators and you know um, media, media, yeah. those kind of things. So so it's going to be really bookmakers. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bookmakers are crucial. Um, so I have stayed. I just want to say I've stayed at the one of the hotels at the Aegeus Bowl, but I've only stayed at the Holiday Inn, not at the Hilton. The Hilton is, the, I'm sure, the one they're staying at because it's the hotel where you can actually uh, book a room that includes a kind of balcony onto the ground, um, which was a little beyond my means when I stayed there. Not, not, not um, anymore, but back then, yeah. <laughs> well, this was, this was last year, <laughs> okay. so, you know. Um, but it's a, it's actually really well done, that ground, and... and I don't know if that's something they can replicate in later. There's two other matches, right? Are they? Do they all have hotels attached? That's a good question. Well, Old Trafford is the other one, I think. Yes, yeah, that's, I think that's the uh, Hilton's Diffusion brand, Doubletree, uh, if memory serves. Diffusion. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's actually, I think it's an actual Hilton at, at the Aegeus. Um, and I don't know where the third test is. So I wonder if you can go and book a room and watch the cricket. I, I guess you can. I guess you could. I don't know. Is that allowed? I don't know. If you, as long as you're on the player's floor, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Um, it's going to be fascinating. Do you have to wear a mask if you're fielding at short leg? I mean, I don't want exposure to my short leg for more than 15 Gross. minutes. Could... Yeah. Yeah. Um, West Indies uh, team. So I think they're, they're, both teams will have Black Lives Matter, um, I think, messaging 
on their shirts, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, obviously, for the West Indies, I think it's um, there's been a lot of talk uh, of what it means for them. Um, you know, I think we've all watched Fire in Babylon, and so you know, kind of aware of, of how certainly for that '70s and '80s team, how uh, how important kind of uh, racial unity was in driving their uh, success. A little bit disappointingly, actually, I was reading that uh, the coach Phil Simmons uh, has been criticised by, um, I think, is it the West Indies Cricket Board president, Conde Conde Riley? Sorry, he was criticised by the president of Barbados Cricket Association, who called for the sacking of Simmons. Simmons um, is from Trinidad uh, because Simmons was given permission to leave the team environment to attend his father-in-law's funeral. Um, so that was a little bit disappointing. Yeah, it was a bit harsh. Simmons described Riley's criticisms as sad, adding that not much surprises me in life anymore. But it will be... It will just be strange. I, I mean, watching a match on TV without crowd noise... I mean, let's let me put it this way: Are are both of you looking forward to it? I think it's like watching a test match at Dubai in Dubai, right? Often when Pakistan play there, there's nobody in the crowd, and it's it's almost empty the stadium, isn't it? You get like there's no atmosphere whatsoever. Tobes, you mentioned they're going to be piping in sound and yeah, crowd so noise. I've been reading that they basically they looked at the Premier League and the Bundesliga as as models for how do you create any any sort of atmosphere in a ground without any. Uh, people and the ECB had looked at the football solution and apparently that what they're going to do is they're going to take excerpts of audio clips from broadcasts of old and loop them together to make some sort of noise. Now I don't know whether they're going to be smart enough to be able to sort of have a crescendo of noise with a particular great shot. I don't. I doubt they it. They do but. that with the football, don't they? But there's it's a slight delay. Is it? Um, it could be quite weird. No, no, no Barmy Army. There's none of the laughing. No bum, there's no laughing. Yeah, no Barmy Army songs you know? that are chanting. Yeah, there's no brass God. band. Thank God. Yeah, that's true. That's one thing we can all be thankful for. Um, but there's no laughing, you know, when a player falls over, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, which I feel is probably a shame. I think it's going to be weird. I'm going to. I'd be really keen to watch it for the first half an hour, and then it will just be weird, just for the novelty factor. Yeah. I do think that if any sport can deal with a complete lack of crowds, it's cricket. Yeah. Because it's quite used to Please it. Explain it already. Yeah. Ask Worcestershire. Well, there's so many, <laughs> there are so many test matches that are already played in front of empty grounds. Well, not so much the ones in England, right? During the summer, usually. No, not, not in, right? definitely not England, but definitely not England. But other countries, I think, I mean, the West Indies. Yeah. I was watching on the last, I think it was when England toured last time, yeah, the crowds. Well, you get a lot of those drunken yobbos, right, on, um, on, on a tour from England. So you do get a bit of crowd noise. They seem to outsize it as they do in Sri Lanka, right? So there is a bit of atmosphere, I guess, for Stuart Broad. Yeah. I mean, I've been to a match in Delhi, a test match between India and West Indies, where there were less than 100 people in the ground. Mm, good stuff. Which is, I mean, it's insane when you think about it. Yeah. So I, I feel like the broadcasters have already really well versed in how to you know you, we're so used to those tight crowd shots where they never show the whole ground yeah <laughs> um that's that's it's, so no blow up dolls i don't know uh not in this not in the spectators sections yeah 
Interesting. What, what in the hotel? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm just saying we can't no, rule them out anywhere no, else. No, that's all. Um, good one. <laughs> Actually, the whole summer in England is going to be played at Southampton or Manchester. So there's the three tests with the West Indies, right? Oh. There's England versus Ireland ODIs. And there's Pakistan. Uh, there's three ODIs Pakistan. with Ireland. There's the England-Pakistan uh, tests and the England-Pakistan T20s, all in Old Trafford and all at the Rose Bowl. So there's biosecure bubbles. And they're, they're hoping that Australia will tour in September. They're supposed to be touring, but let's see if that happens or not. Okay. And is the India tour of Australia going ahead? I think it is. I'm pretty sure it's slated in still. I guess it's so no... The first tests for that is at the Gabba. Right. So they, I think Virat agreed to that. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, pretty, sure he, I'm pretty sure he didn't, but it's happening. Um, yeah, it's happening. There's not one at the Gabba, at the Wacker, I don't think. Well, not the Wacker, the new Perth Stadium. The new, which the is also new quite bouncy yeah. and lively. And do these matches, they, are they all carrying um, World Test Championship points? I think so. Do you I assume know? they are. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Well, it's going to throw all of that into a bit of yeah. disarray, isn't it? There's a lot it? of discussion. Because there are just going to be yeah, exactly. teams that, that aren't going to play for, for quite a while. Mm. Um, and the player rankings as well, just on this on this test in Southampton. Um, we will see the top two all-rounders in the current MRF Tires ICC test players rankings, Jason yeah. Holder and Ben Stokes. Yeah, and Jason Holder's number one. <clears throat> yeah. It's kind of odd. Um, all right. Uh, anything more on... Um, on England West Indies. Well, yeah, just a quick quick tribute actually mm. to Sir Everton Weeks, who oh, uh, yes. who passed yeah. away this week, and an amazing amazing character, an amazing link to the past. He's ninety five years old, and and really part of the the famous Ws, Sir Clyde Walcott and Sir Frank Worrell. Um, he managed to score just over four and a half thousand runs and over forty eight tests, and his average on retirement was fifty eight. Uh, which is not bad, and he's the only man to to make centuries in five consecutive innings. So his legacy lives on, and he was one of the first truly great West Indies batsmen, of which there have been many. Mm. And uh, he was one of the first to break the colour barrier as well in the uh, in the West Indian team, along with them, um, the two Ws, and and I think George Headley before them. Um, so rest in peace. Yes, indeed. Okay, right. So, that's the cricket done. <laughs> what else is there? Darren, you were, you were referencing a three million loan from the ECB I, to the West Indies. I read about West somewhere that, that, you know, obviously financing is difficult and to, to encourage the West Indies to come and play, that the ECB gave them a $3 million loan. I haven't been able to ascertain the actual terms of the loan. Um, I'm snooping around and looking for that. So if anyone knows anything about that, please do send it in. But obviously, West Indies, you know, it's it's good for them, I guess. Uh, it's good for England. They need to have their summer. So they've got Pakistan coming as well. And obviously, they hope to have Australia in September. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's really about getting back some of that revenue they've lost over the last few, few months, right? And with the broadcasting. So hopefully, there's, a, there's some good series coming. But um, very interesting indeed, a $3 million loan. What, how how is the Pakistan team doing? Because they had a number of players test um, positive for COVID, did they not? Well, I think some of them were positive, then they weren't, uh, and then they're not. They're not. So I think they've actually travelled. They're already in in the UK, as I understand it. Um, so they're getting acclimatised, right, um, for their series as well. So it seems most of them are okay now. 
uh, they've headed across. Good to hear. Any uh, any other lockdown cricket highlights? I, I noticed there was a, a real spate of Instagram videos. Oh God, TikTok and Instagram. I, I, yeah, well, Yuvraj Singh sort of turned into a talk show host, and he would do regular interviews with other cricketers um, on on Instagram. Were they good? Uh, no. <laughs> Shane Watson. Shane Watson has started a podcast too, and he's interviewing the greats of cricket. Um, I haven't listened to any of them yet. They were okay. They were fine. That, I, that's a bit harsh. They were fine. You know, it's lockdown. You can't expect a lot um, from people. And and he, the, the one I watched with Mohammed Kaif was actually they were just went through a big uh, a victory they had in and that was series final in two thousand and two. Um, but it did make me think that um, you know that, that it was kind of like millions and millions of views for this thing. Yeah, people are bored, um, right? Yeah, and you've seen all this very back and forth with David Warner on TikTok doing Indian dances um, with his wife and his kids. Um, apparently, he's doing it for the fans. Um, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, I haven't actually seen them, and I'm not sure I will seek them. Have out. you seen Kevin Peterson on his bicycle, getting ready for a triathlon? No. Yeah, it's, it's, mm. it's typical KP. Yeah, there's always okay. nonsense going on. Yeah, it's just nonsense and noise. Seen- a few, a few good quotes have come out. My favorite one from Shrisant, uh, who said, I have been in lockdown for the last six and a half years. <laughs> there you go. I still remember when Habajan slapped him across the face in that IPL match, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, who could forget that? Yeah. Kabaji. Uh, Mark Wood has said it feels a bit like a sci-fi movie playing in a biosecure bubble mm. and Ajinkya Rahane has asked maybe handshakes will be replaced by a namaste mm. that's innovation isn't it <laughs> you cannot slow the tide <laughs> of progress <laughs> you cannot what we didn't talk about was um the whole inquest, so-called inquest in Sri Lanka into the 2011 World Cup final. Oh, God, yeah. This was a real – I mean, this is real silly season stuff, it seemed like to me. It was, uh, Sri Lanka's politicians are, uh, let's just say, not always known for their sense of perspective. Uh, and I think we had a minister – was it the sports minister or just a government the former minister? former sports minister, sports, yes. Former sports minister came out said that uh, there were question marks about the 2011 World Cup final, which, of course, India won against Sri Lanka. He said it wasn't the players, but there were other things in play. And when the time was right, he would reveal it all. Right. So we don't know when uh, the time was right. Yeah. If, and then what happened? Kumar Sangakkara was hauled in yeah, for questioning? Yeah, 10 hours, apparently. Of course, he was captaining at the time. And he was hauled in for a 10-hour interrogation. Uh, they've also spoken to some of the other players as well. Upal Taranga, uh, I think Jai Wardner has also been hauled in. Uh, it seems that nothing has been <clears throat> released or, or... No, I think I no saw accusation. that they've, uh, they've closed the inquiry. Right. Um, I saw yesterday or the day before. If, if it emerges that Kumar Sangakkara, if Kumar Sangakkara was involved in any kind of skullduggery, I think you just have to to kiss cricket goodbye at that point. Oh, he'd be, isn't, isn't, isn't he the chairman of MCC as well? Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, I mean he's, he's known he's as being such a nice, 
amiable, great guy, right? Intelligent, so, a very intelligent yeah. guy. He's, yeah, he's kind of, yeah, very erudite, very, yeah, just a legend, really. So Sangakara has also said the truth will be out soon. I don't know what the truth is. Okay, well, I think um, Ranatunga has previously, he's kind of stirred the pot on this one a little bit and said that when the time is right, he will reveal certain things about the match. Anyway, here we are. Now's a good time. Yeah. Why not? Exactly. We're in lockdown. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not? I've got nothing on. <laughs> now is a perfect time for, if you want, maximum maximum publicity. Okay. All predictions. Right, so we didn't do predictions, did we? Predictions. Yeah, we didn't. Okay. So three tests. What do you think, Darren? I think 2-0 England. That could be a washout or something, potentially. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with 2-1 to England. I'm going to go for 2-0 England as well. <laughs> Definitely. You've you got to say there's one rain-affected test, right? Yeah, probably. <clears throat> could be. Could be. But I hope you're right, Arun, for the sake, for the sake of cricket. Well, it'd be more interesting if they could win, be one all after two tests, right? Hopefully. Yeah, it would be great. I think there's there's the chance that the West Indies attack will click. I I, I must say I don't know if Old Trafford will be that receptive to, to their to their um, fast bowling, but if they click, then there's a chance they could they could blow England away and win win a test match. Let's hope, and most importantly, I guess let's hope everyone stays safe, uh, and we get some good cricket and hopefully. Um, there will be a lot of learnings, won't there, for for future for COVID series. substitutions. Yeah. So what's what? What does that involve? Well, I imagine if, if someone has COVID, wouldn't they have to cancel the match? They have to, wouldn't they? They they couldn't continue playing if somebody was infected. Surely. Yeah, they were talking. Sam Curran was it was quite ill apparently last week. Yeah, but it's they, not COVID. They, 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 they said right? it would have it would have obviously jeopardised the whole match if he had tested, but. Um, he, thankfully not, but that's how nervous people are. Well, I think that probably covers everything today. We've managed to talk for 35 <laughs> minutes about one test match, which, <laughs> which has to be some sort of record because usually we're shoehorning like five, five different series in to the same space of time. Well, thank you both very much. As always, thanks to all of our listeners. Um, take care and stay safe.